Welcome to Enemies from War to Wisdom. Why do we need enemies? From intimate relationships to politics, tribalism, and community, we cannot seem to stop dehumanizing each other. Chronic conflicts in our families, societies, and nations seem inevitable. In this podcast, we analyze human hostilities from the most mundane to the most sophisticated. We apply psychology, psychoanalysis, art, spirituality, and relational theory in conversation about belonging and otherness. Each program will reach for a fresh wisdom that shows us how to step back from creating enemies in our lives. I'm your host, Eleanor Johnson, a videographer and artist with Emma Troop, an experimental theater group in New York City, and I am here with my co-host, Polly Young Eisendratt, who is a psychologist, Jungian analyst, author, and speaker. We approach our ideas each from our own worlds, but always from the spirit and teaching of Buddhism, of which we are lifelong practitioners. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about what is power and what is vulnerability. How do homo sapiens get and control power? What do we mean by power and how does it relate to influencing others or taking control? What is true power that can sustain us through our difficulties and false power that leads only to fears and misgivings? In this podcast today, we're going to be contemplating power and vulnerability and how they function in our relationships, our aging and our health. Welcome, Polly. Another big topic for us today. Hi, Eleanor. <laughs> well, it's a it's a much easier topic than some of the topics we've been talking That's about. That's right. So, oh, this is a piece of cake. <laughs> yes, yeah, compared to speech and freedom of speech, right, power right. is easy to talk about. So I, and I think vulnerability. And vulnerability. Yes, and vulnerability. Yes. So let me talk with you first. Let me ask you, Eleanor. What do you think power is? Just think about power. As a concept, what is power? Well, when I think about power, I think of, you know, right power versus wrong power, you know, power over power that is, that can help us to become better human beings Mm -hmm. use, use power as a, as a, as a good engine, you know, but I think what is power? What is it? How do you get it? Well, that's a complicated one. (laughs) That's complex. That's very nuanced. (laughs) How do you get it? I mean, Either it's given to you or you earn it. Well, what do you think it means? Does it mean control of others, well, or power, does it mean power? Give power gives you control. Control of what? Whatever you're controlling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know how to simply talk about it. I mean, power can be a very, very good thing if used in the right way, and a, and a very destructive thing if used in the wrong way. Well, let's think about it from the past, because it was, seems like it's easier yeah. when we th- once yeah. upon a time there I mean, was a king and a queen. That, right, and we think right. power over, you know, yeah. or power that's misused, or that kind of thing. I want to talk about power in a broad way, yeah, and then I want to talk about it in relation to vulnerability. Right. So I've just looked up the Webster Dictionary definition of power. So the very first definition is the ability to act or to produce an effect. So to act or produce an effect gives you power. And then the uh, capacity for being acted upon or undergoing an effect. So that's like power over you. The second definition is the possession of control, authority, or influence over others. And then physical might. Right. Is the third definition. Right. So all of those definitions I've certainly thought about. 
the power to produce an effect is an interesting one because that definition puts it close to agency. Uh-huh. You know, that you have the agency to do something. The agency aspect of power would mean that you're just empowered. You can do it directly. That's what I was thinking of, empowerment. Yeah. yeah. That you, the, that you, ben- the beneficial aspect of it, yes. You feel like you, can, you have a confidence in what you're doing. Right. But I was thinking also that as soon as I read the definition of the power to produce an effect, I thought about the magician that I had seen in New York. I, I, I'm Darren Brown is his oh, name. Right. Yes. You know who is uh, an illusionist. Right. So the the effects that he produces are not straight out magic. They're not sleight of hand, but he can create an illusion so that he seems to know a lot of things that he couldn't possibly know, and you cannot tell how he's created that illusion. So he has in that way the power to produce an effect that you don't understand. Exactly, And a lot of times that's what we actually think of as people's power. Like even a king or a queen, they had a lot of power only when there was an illusion. As soon as somebody undercut them, you recognize they're just regular people. They're, They're not, you know magic people so that sense of having power as um particularly as a control over somebody else i mean i find that that people want to let me just get over here uh in therapy people ask a lot about how do you control other people how do you you know people will say like well how can i get my partner to do what i want Uh You know, or how can I get my child to do what I want? And so in a sense, they want power over these other people to bring about control. And actually, it's very hard for us to even do that with ourselves. I mean, if you say to yourself, like I said to myself today, well, I'm not going to eat any more chocolate candy today. Just today, I'm not going to eat chocolate candy. So then I go over to the kitchen and it's the end of my lunch, and I'm hungry for a sweet, and I think, oh, I'll just eat a half a piece of chocolate. So, you know, I didn't really have that control. I intended that, but at that moment, I said, okay, I'll have the half a piece of chocolate. So that idea that we have control over anything, I like to get rid of, because we don't even have control over ourselves, much less other people. So sometimes people say, well, if we don't have control over other people, like I was talking to somebody in therapy she says so then how can I get him to do what I want him to do well how about slavery slavery takes away somebody else's autonomy so actually to have true power over another adult you have to take away their autonomy and to have power over yourself you have to exercise your autonomy and autonomy is your ability to govern yourself or you know if you if it's someone else's, it's someone else's autonomy, their ability to govern themselves. So that the sense of power is really kind of an illusion, but people think of it as not being an illusion. You know, they think somebody else has got the power, or... Yeah, it depends on what level you're talking at. I mean, you can develop internal powers that can be very, can help 
be more preventative in terms of people having power over you to the best of your ability. I mean, you can't do much when the government comes in and says, or the police, or mm-hmm. you know, or you break a law, or things like that. But you were saying like in, internal power, more like just um, taking control of like your mind or your diet yes. or your speech yes. or whatever yes. like and, that, and and just you know disciplining yourself, and again having having foundational beliefs that can help you to to have your own agency. So let's say then the good kind of power that we're I guess both I'm talking about is agency. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah, like yeah. being able to yeah. do things. Yeah. You have then a power that allows you to make a plan and carry it out right. or to bring a discipline into your life right. or to set up some expectations and carry right. them out. Or even have the power, internal power, <laughs> to, to not have expectations. To not have expectations. Yeah. But when I you mentioned like the to... king and queen, the first thing that I thought of in terms of you know power over or you know when you, you had the strength to revolt against, say, the yeah. king and queen, um, that was an empowerment or, or, you know, you could, you could form another country. Like when people came into America and formed democracy Mm -hmm. in in relation to say the monarchs and things when they were running from that, that kind of oppressive situation in the old world, when they came to America, we were talking earlier about, you know, the, the beginning of our, you know, our constitution and all of that and our democracy. Um, so you know how we work in relation to when we're when you know when when we we face powerlessness. Well, so like in relation to the king and the queen, when you revolt, that's called a revolution, right? You actually recognize that they are not as powerful exactly as you had thought they were. Exactly, you probably would say they're not as powerful as they think they are, but it's you who's attributing that effect to them. So very often people think somebody else has power over them because they're attributing this agency or this effect to the other person. So, you know, the kind of effect, unless, you know, there, there are certainly people that have status and there are roles that we play, you know, right. so if somebody is your boss, right. that person does have power That's right. over whatever the right. role is. Or a parent over that, a child. Yes, a parent over a child. And so in those situations, there's there's real power over yes. you. It's, it's connected to the role that they have. Yes. But many times when people talk about power and empowerment, what they do is they attribute some kind of effect to another person and assume that person has this power like that they have the power to reject them or they have the power to approve of them or the power to endorse them, where all of those powers are attributed by the individual who who is actually feeling like that person has power over me. You know, that person could reject me. So a lot of power is projected right. it's like an attribution right. to the other right. person or to avoid vulnerability avoid at all costs a sense of just on a personal level to avoid any sense of powerlessness 
So, so let's talk you know, about vulnerability. Yeah. Is vulnerability powerlessness, or is it something else? Well, I mean, when you when you when you unpack, to use a popular phrase now, vulnerability, you find you can, you go in and you mine you mine the gold of vulnerability. Um, then it becomes a it becomes a strength. Whereas most people are terrified of vulnerability. Well, what do you mean by vulnerability? Vulnerability is being able to to be in well, I'm going to just say right relationship with your own emotional reality. You know your feeling body. You so, know so vulnerability is when you're most um, raw, most vulnerable, most triggered. All of those things I see as vulnerability, and and also in many ways, you're, it's kind of our society tries to to keep us from being vulnerable. Well, let's say I mean I think the way you're speaking is very much in the sort of popular. Right, culture exactly. and sort of Brene Brown. And yes, now kind of to be able to to, to, to redeem vulnerability. As, whereas, but when I, in other words, I think even in my training in my early years in the theater, and and I mean, one of the things that was a no no was you know to show vulnerability. Not in acting. You Not mean, in acting. That's just a different thing. But in that whole or, thing, right. of, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I think when you're talking and about... And acting, it, it becomes a source point. Yes. Right, I mean, I think what you're talking about as vulnerability is expressing something where you're not defensive, where your defenses are down. Right. And so then you're expressing yeah. something without trying to protect yourself. Right. Is that what you mean right. kind of by yes. vulnerability? Because yeah. vulnerability makes you... You're on shaky ground, so... So it's 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 harder when you're in vulnerability to kind of ground yourself in groundlessness because there's a lot of fear. I mean, it's very very charged. Well, it probably depends on again the situation because right, of course because it involves shame and all these other huge. There are things. many things yeah. that can yes, be you yes. know when you, when you start to express emotion right. and you don't defend yourself. Right, right. There you know there are many different emotions in the human heart. Right, and exactly. so. It's, it depends on the situation as to exactly. whether it looks vulnerable right. or whether it looks aggressive right. or whether it looks uh, afraid. The typical, I think, experience of vulnerability is weakness, is you feel weak. Or worthless. Or, uh, yeah. yeah, or I, not good uh, enough. Not good enough yeah. or, or, or weak or right. limited or wrong yeah. or like you or are. Or I have a terrible affliction. Yeah, like you're that somehow you're disabled, I That's suppose, right. in yeah. that. So that experience of being weak or yes. dependent or limited right, right, right. Um, is that is the kind of thing that people think of as the opposite of power. Right. I mean, they I think right. that in their in their vocabulary about themselves, they feel if they were empowered, they wouldn't be experiencing vulnerability. Right. One of the things that I, I believe, again, is, is a truth from watching people over time, is that as soon as you begin to become empowered or more like an agent in your own life, as soon as you say, I would like to do this, or this is something that I want to create, at that moment you are more vulnerable than you've ever been in your experience because you stuck your neck out to say what you wanted. And so it doesn't feel safe when you stick out your neck. Well, that's another piece, safety, in terms of you know, vulnerability. You're, you don't feel safe. Yeah, I mean, it is by yeah. its nature. Yeah, you you're, feel you're, weak or you yeah. feel undefended. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times when people are changing and developing 
and they're developing their own agency and their own creativity and they want to then find their path in the world. So then they have to apply for a job or apply for a grant or they have to go out and give their CV to a bunch of people. What they confront in that moment that they think is their empowerment because they just finished their training or they just finished their meditation retreat, what they find is they feel more vulnerable. And so it's confusing. They think, wow, I thought I was gonna feel more powerful, but I actually feel more vulnerable. And this is the, the kind of issue that I think, again, a lot of women have a lot of confusion about because for some reason, we believe that if we, you know, we have believed that if we moved out into the world with our desires, the world was gonna go, how wonderful. But the world doesn't act like that. When you go out into the world with your desires, the world says, well, who are you? Or why would you want that? Why would anyone want that? And so that is usually one of the most vulnerable things. You know, it's like I find women who have gone to extensive graduate school or they have already had their children or they've done a lot of things that have been challenging, but then they step out into the world to try to create their own thing. They're surprised at the feeling of vulnerability, which I think is part of why do you think that is? Why are they surprised? Yeah. Because I don't think they've experienced it previously. Oh, yeah. I think they yeah. have felt protected in their development while they were going to graduate school, while they were having their kids they or whatever. They were protected. They were, they were in an environment where, where no one had to approve right, of exactly. them or, I mean, yes, they had to perform. It's like, do you think that also vulnerability really is rooted in direct experience I mean, something happens to you and you discover your vulnerability. You just you, yeah. you learn about your vulnerability through direct experience, of not course. through like yeah. some concept you yes. have. It's yes. not a concept. It's it's really an experience. It's an experience. You, you experience it when you get sick. Right. You experience it when you lose danger. all your money. Yes. When you're in danger. Yeah. Or when you want to accomplish something and you want power. Well, that's true. Because you want to go out and influence others or you want to get your project going. You want to bring your thing into the world. Right. And so you take that step off at the edge. Here I am with all of my stuff right. and nobody applauds. And, and rejection then, is a huge, is a huge, uh, uh, um, creates a lot of vulnerability. Well, yeah, well, you haven't even and, been rejected yet. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, even if you think you can handle it, well, even if you just sent out your stuff, right? you know, yes. and nobody has written you back yet. I think more often it is like, you know, you're in a group situation and you want to propose your project. And so you've written your proposal, you've checked it out, you think it's good. And then you go in and you say your proposal and you, and you feel so vulnerable. And, and you have this thought like, why am I not more empowered? You know, here I am, I finished my degree, I did this and do that. Why don't I feel confident? Because actually, when you take a step into so-called power, often that's when you feel most vulnerable. And that happens again and again. It's like when you say, oh, I would like to marry you, or I would like to accomplish this, at those moments, when you seem like you are powerful or you're the agent, 
you feel this sense of, I need somebody else right now, you know, which is that sense of your dependence on others, your weakness and your vulnerability. And which I really very much think is a part of ordinary experience. Whenever you're trying to create something, right, whenever exactly. you're trying to yeah. start a new relationship, yeah. Yeah. that we should expect a feeling of vulnerability right. Right. and not some feeling of empowerment because nobody else can actually make you feel okay about sticking out your neck. Right. You know, you have to you have to yourself and generally speaking you don't feel okay when you stick your neck out for a while you're at risk at getting your head chopped off, right. you know. <laughs> and so you do feel it. Right. You exactly. feel it. Yeah. Exactly. So the, I mean that's a different vulnerability than the vulnerability maybe that Brene Brown is talking about right. which well, is Well, she was trying to know. give again a skill that will allow people to to understand that you know our problems could be our opportunities and yeah. and the way that we as Buddhists talk about, you know, suffering and that we can we can bring the cessation to right. suffering. But if you can't face suffering. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that motivated me to be able to go into history and to place myself in history and to walk the concentration camps and to go into the heart where the the inquis uh, the inquisition happened and the guillotine and all of these different things are sit you know at ground zero and 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 New York had to do with facing that within myself. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the artist to me. It's my palette. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is for anybody else, mm -hmm. but it was important to me to be able to test myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to just be in in concepts. I wanted mm -hmm. to feel it. I needed mm -hmm. to. And, and and the awesome vulnerability. I mean, one of the greatest vulnerable moments in my life was when I walked the concentration camps. Because mm -hmm. I had to face it. Mm -hmm. But also the, the courage of bearing witness on that level mm -hmm. was tremendous as well. I mean, there was a freedom and a joy in that sorrow. So you learning. felt in those moments, you felt the other people's suffering and, yes. their, and their tragedies and their griefs and their pains and yes. so and on. And my own vulnerability in terms of, of, of you know, facing that, the courage required to face that, to really face that, to face the, that dark shadow within humanity. And, and to really, I mean, to feel it, to feel it. So uh, maybe, you know, when people take the step out into, let's say, the abyss of their own creativity, at that moment, maybe what they are feeling, to some extent, is the dark shadow of their creativity. Yeah. You could say, you know, when you've created something or you want to do something or you feel like you've got something to offer the world, at that moment, there comes the question usually like, well, what if you are an imposter? What if you don't know what you know? And so that the vulnerability that you feel That's may be the shadow of the power that you're wanting. And in a similar way, when you're in the shadow of great destruction that other humans have bought, brought to humans, you feel the shadow of our human being, you know, that we actually have had such difficulty not preserving Exactly. people that we disagree with we just want to kill them i just keep thinking of that the Taoist line of you know stop trouble before it starts yeah well in terms of you know i mean that that aspect of humanity yeah the the preventative the i mean the facing the feel but it's not even facing it's not intellectual it's a feeling well that's certainly compassion is the feeling and maybe with others what, suffering yeah, maybe and so is, there's a vulnerability yeah, in that yeah 
And that's, uh, again, that's a very different kind of it thing. Is. I think I am looking at it. Than the power yes. and vulnerability right, thing right, that, right. I, I, you know, I think that our experience of vulnerability is really the experience when we're not defended. And maybe there, you know, there's certainly when we're grieving, we experience that. When we're sick, we experience that. When we're simply weak or we're old, we experience it. And then also when we feel the grief of others, when we feel the destruction that humans have done to other humans, we do feel, I think, then the vulnerability of the kind of grief of the form that we're in. We're in a form yes. of being I that think is I was so thinking destructive. from that place versus the more personal in terms of... I, I think of vulnerability now as, as, as just such a... Uh, profound human space to be able to hold one's vulnerability, to be in the dignity of one's vulnerability. Well, I think, you know, yeah, yeah, that's where, yeah. That if, you, if we could bring that on board in regard to power, right? I mean, and again, I feel like there's a lot of confusion about this idea of empowerment or self-esteem. When people want to be empowered, when they want to have a sort of, let's say, solid self-esteem, they don't seem to realize that it is based on a willingness to feel vulnerable. Because in order to do anything with others or even with yourself to become an agent of yes. something, you have to stick your neck out, at which moment you do not feel good. You feel like you're afraid, or you feel like you're weak, or you feel like you, you know, would like to run away or to put right. your head back inside exactly. of your shell or whatever. Right. And I mean, don't you see that is, is, is also so central to when you're working in the therapeutic the therapeutic model or also couples? I mean, that thing of, of when, when, the vulnerability. when one can't, be, can't touch the vulnerability, when one gets has to shield or protect or get well, away from, from yeah, feeling vulnerable. Yeah, and most vulnerable. of the time, the problem that I see is that for that individual who's experiencing vulnerability, it's very confusing for them because they had the impression that now they should feel confident, now they should feel good. So, you know, I've, I've finished all my graduate school, I'm prepared to go out there and kind of do my thing, so now I should be feeling good, and instead I'm scared, I feel weak, I feel like I might be an imposter. And my, my sense is, again, if people knew that that's kind of an archetype, that's you know, that yes. when, when you're actually reaching out for this moment where you want to be an influencer, you want to have an effect, that reaching out means you're sticking out your neck. <clears throat> and it can be, your head could be cut off, you know, metaphorically. So, of course, it's a moment of vulnerability. It's not a moment. And the more you become so-called powerful, the more influence you have, or the more you're reaching out to do new things the more you're in contact with vulnerability. It's not like the other way around, like now vulnerability is erased and I just never feel vulnerable at all. Or you think you have enough power so you don't have to feel vulnerable. Yeah, and that's not possible. Right. That is just not possible. I mean, possible. that's a false front. Yeah. It's, that's a persona. That's not real. Right, right. And that's a great illusion. And yes. power isn't something that you embody. It's an effect that you have. It's not like the queen is really powerful. Right. You know, it's we project we power her, onto right? her yes, and she has yes. certain effects. Yes. But that, that person in there walking around, being. she's a human being. She's made a lot of mistakes. She probably feels very vulnerable. You know, 
at any time she 's such a public figure right you know people could become extremely criti- critical and rejecting right. of her right. for even small errors right. so i I think that it 's that issue of power and vulnerability that I wanted to clarify, but I think other aspects of vulnerability like vulnerability in grief or vulnerability in aging vulnerability you know when you need the help of others those are those are states of being that are very very important to be able to recognize and embrace and i i think people do learn that like you said, they can mine that vulnerability and it becomes a strength. Or like when you're dealing with, say, I've done a lot of work around, you know, death and dying. And when, you know, you're dealing, say, with a lot of the the relatives of the people close to the person who's dying and they go to extremes not to feel, you know, to just, they can't go near the fear Mm -hmm. of death or they can't Mm -hmm. go near, Mm -hmm. they can't, you know, and you try to help soften that to give permission for them Mm -hmm. to feel what they're feeling and Mm -hmm. to almost like to bless it you know that which Mm -hmm. is you know and 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 they uh, because that is a great time of vulnerability it really is when someone close to you has died yeah 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 yeah. and you just watch you can watch the behavior so yeah i mean vulnerability is an aspect that everybody has to experience often on in adulthood i think the illusion of power is this idea that it's going to make vulnerability go away. But it's almost the opposite. It's like once you get some power or authority or influence, then you're more vulnerable because you keep on getting exposed again with whatever new thing you're doing. The power and vulnerability go together in my experience yeah, and, and with people and in therapy too. bringing up the the issue you know the death and dying the thing of you know helping people to kind of receive the reality as it is like you know yeah. the, the, the yeah. loved person is dying it's like that kind of helping them to receive allows it to it it it, it, it helps you serve them better because they're not they're not blocking yeah. you know they can yeah. be in their vulnerability and they can just be receptive and they can receive from from another you know they can receive help they can they can receive compassion well and that in itself then would be overall an empowering experience because once you have experienced the vulnerability of loss and you've been able to bear it and to get the help through it you may feel very weakened or you may feel very ungrounded but then you can come out of it again and so it's you you begin to see it's bearable it's right. not a and there's great learning in that there's great there's a great teaching in that yeah i think yeah. in yeah. that yeah. side of being yeah. able to yeah see and experience the weakness of life, the ordinary weakness. Right, you know, and it's, not... very, it's again very, very human. Much yeah. easier, again, to kind of mine the gold there than you can when there's an absolutism around power mm-hmm. and you can't let the vulnerability in and it's mm-hmm. all masked and you've got all those false fronts. And Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that last thing you said, again, I think that that's coming from a confusion about what power is. Right, exactly. Because if you have any real power, you will have to experience vulnerability because power doesn't really exist somewhere. Uh, I mean, it's not like a human being. I thought of that as I said that too. Yeah, because like, you know, the the queen, for example, she's (laughs) she's not experiencing herself as a powerful person. 
she may be the symbol of power and people may project, project that into her, but her own experience, I'm sure, is a lot of vulnerability as she gets exposed again and again for various things that, that she yes, wants. Of course, yeah, it's yeah. Awful. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, it was yeah. mostly I wanted to to yeah. put those two together, the power and the vulnerability, and seeing them more as going hand in hand rather than being opposites, you know, that um, there's not a sort of state called empowerment when you are somehow protected from vulnerability. They're always hand in hand, so. Okay, Polly. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, Eleanor, thank you too. Thanks so much for listening. And to continue the conversation, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find past episodes of the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and CastBox. Enemies from War to Wisdom is recorded and produced by Chris Coltrane.